What is your first reaction to the word imperfect? Does it make you uncomfortable? Would you be offended if someone used the word to describe you? If true perfection doesn't exist, then why are we so afraid of not achieving it? In the Imperfect Joy podcast, I will share stories from life, business, and parenthood that show how there is beauty in the journey, not despite imperfections, but rather because of them. Through the vulnerability of sharing life exactly as it is, I hope to bring light to struggles and slip-ups that are necessary to move forward and find joy in each and every day. This is episode two of the Imperfect Joy podcast. Is it perfectionism or self-improvement? We will look at a quote from Brene Brown that defines perfectionism, and I'm going to share stories about how I explored the ways in which perfectionism is or is not present in my life, according to this new definition and the new perspective that I was able to take on because of it. I have pretty much always considered myself a perfectionist. And I don't think I even necessarily knew what that meant. My idea of perfectionism was typically defined by how others saw me. And there were times that I saw it as something that was good and motivating and moving me forward to be better. And then times that I really hated it because I felt so stuck. I recently came across a quote by Brene Brown that really helped me to define perfectionism. Perfection is not about healthy achievement or growth. Perfectionism is not self-improvement or striving for excellence. Perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect, and act perfect, we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame. It's a shield. That quote really made me pause and think about how perfectionism plays a role in my life. When I was 12 years old, I lost my best friend's parents to a homicide-suicide. It completely changed who I was and exaggerated some of the traits that were already there. Like, I I already was motivated and driven, but um, when I lost them, like, these were, this was, like, my second parents. Like, I... I loved the heck out of them. If, if she wasn't at my house, I was at theirs. So it kind of exaggerated, the grief exaggerated my like f- piling through my schoolwork because in order to like qu- cope with this situation, I just buried my face in my studies. I remember that year in, in sixth grade, my classmates had said something about how I'm so perfect. I do everything perfect and and work so hard at, at making everything just right. And I got so angry because I was like I was like, how can you describe me as perfect when I just lost two people who are so important in my life and basically like lost my best friend to a degree because of it. Um we will forever and always be like so close at heart and but it kills me that I don't really know who she is anymore she ended up having to move away and our lives just grew up in in different areas so there was a grief of losing my bestest friend in the whole world too 
so when when people said like you're perfect it really made me angry because i i'm not and that wasn't something that i was trying to be i was just trying to cope with life at that point i love that brene brown talked about perfectionism as not being self-improvement or striving for excellence because for a long time I felt like there was something wrong with me for trying to do those things like like it was a bad thing because perfectionism became something that I didn't want to associate with I like to strive for achievement And so I didn't know how to kind of separate those two. I don't want to be perfect to show the world that things are all good and beautiful and bright because they're not like that's not life. I want to do better and be better because that's something that's like an internal drive within me. And I enjoy learning I enjoy reading. I enjoy putting into practice all of the things that I've learned. Like, that's just part of me. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are a couple circumstances that I see in my life in which I kind of go from the healthy striving for excellence to the unhealthy stuck in perfectionism. The first one is what Brene touched on when she said that perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect, and act perfect, we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame. I think most people can relate to that if we like do something a certain way that will be accepted and that there's a certain persona that we have to take on in order for people to think that we have it all together. And as parents, usually we don't. We're just kind of going with the flow and figuring out along the way. I mean, that's, uh, that's true of life in general, not just for parents, but I see that a lot in my parenthood journey. There's another way that I've seen perfectionism creep into my life in a not great way. I am a super organized person. I love systems in my business, in my life. I have so many trackers for eating and daily routines. I have like a board for our whole family on our wall. I have notebooks. I have journals. Like I have all these things to help me do what I want to do to live a healthier life. And I've not been using them for years now. There there was like this thought in my mind that if I just find that one thing that's going to help me, then I'll make the commitment to change. And that was backwards. My husband recently got his precision nutrition level one certification. And there is a program that goes along with it called Pro Coach, where it takes you through a year long journey of discovering how to create a lifestyle of eating that works for you. And I. <laughs> Let me say, I restarted it three times. 
which is like, you're not supposed to even be able to do like I had to restart it with a new email because he'd give it to me, he'd assign it to me, I'd let it go by the wayside, and I wouldn't use it. So clearly, like finding another system finding is, this was a system that has been created, and was worked for tons of people to make healthy lifestyle changes, and I still wasn't using it. So what was I missing? And when I finally sat down and delved into ProCoach, I realized that what I was missing was trying to find the right system when I just needed to find a way to be okay with moving forward, even when it wasn't perfect. Like, it sounds like, duh, of course. It's kind of a silly thing to get in my way. But this was like, this was a huge realization for me. In ProCoach, they talk a lot about just creating healthy lifestyle choices by accepting that there is no right or wrong. They have, for example, they have categories of foods. So instead of saying, eat these foods, don't eat these foods, it's a green light, yellow light, red light system. Green foods mean eat more of them. Yellow means eat less um, or eat some. And then red means eat less. And it really struck me when I looked at the foods that I was eating, how I tended lately in all of my stress and, and quarantine and all these things, I've tended to be in more of the red zone like all the time. And so I've been really working gradually on moving more towards the green lights and having dinners together. But it didn't come from the systems, it came from the thoughts. When I could let go of trying to have a perfect routine every day and a perfect meal plan every day, then I could finally start moving forward. So perfectionism is something that I've always identified myself with in thinking that it was a positive thing gone bad. Like I was a perfectionist and this is how I saw it was I was a perfectionist in school that I worked really hard and I got all A's and that led me to like love being an entrepreneur because I'm constantly learning. So like perfectionism is good, but perfectionism is bad because I am trying to, I'm, I'm getting stuck in wanting to make the perfect things and do the perfect things that I just can't even move forward. And when I read this quote by Brene, which I'm going to read again before we're done so that you can bring it back into your own life, it really struck me that instead of using the same word for different pieces of myself that felt conflicting, where I was, perfectionism felt like something I, I loved and something I hated, I redefined it according to her definition so that I could see my healthy achievement and striving for success is the good thing. And my perfectionism of trying to make others believe that I have it all together is not healthy. So I had to parse apart these things to accept something that I love about myself. I love that I like to learn. And I can set aside perfectionism as something that I'm not striving for. Perfectionism is there knocking on my door and it's something that I cannot let in. I don't have to put on a show for anybody else. 
If you read Brene Brown, there's a lot of vulnerability in that. She has a book called Daring Greatly and also a Netflix special on like, it's kind of like a summary of the book. And if you haven't read or listened to it, hop on Netflix tonight and make it your show because it, it really changed how I saw vulnerability in a way that made me more accepting of letting go of this perfectionist mindset. Vulnerability is not easy. Sometimes it sucks. It can be really, really hard, especially in a world where we're hyper-reactive to people at the moment for what they believe and what they say. And it makes it really hard to want to put ourselves out there. So coming into a life where we're not trying to look perfect all the time can be really scary. It is what we need to be our better selves. Before we wrap up with one more story, I just want to reread the quote from Brene again so that you can think about how this quote plays a role in your life. Perfection is not about healthy achievement and growth. Perfectionism is not self-improvement or striving for excellence. Perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect, and act perfect, we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame. It's a shield. My films and photos for Imperfect Joy have imperfection woven into the fabric of how they're created. The basis of what I do for people is capture everyday life so that they can look back and remember what their love feels like at this time in their lives. In order to do that, it has to be very real. They have to allow me into their space so that I can see the beauty in life as it is. And there's a process that we go through together so that I can see it through their eyes as much as possible. What are the things that they want to remember about life? To do that, we have to accept that life is going to unfold however it wants to. So we create a plan and we have what we call our script writing session where we know what the day is potentially going to look like. And then we get to the day and life happens and it might not be the same as what we had planned and that's okay. The plan is there to give us some structure so we know which direction we want to take in in letting life unfold. <laughs> you know, um, the last thing I want is for somebody to sit in front of the camera and be like, okay, what's next? <laughs> like, I want them to interact as a family in a very real way. So it gives them the ability to just kind of move throughout their day with without barely even noticing that I'm there. For many people, especially those with young kids, moving throughout the day can be very challenging. There could be meltdowns. There's nap time because of the meltdowns. There are messy clothes. There are stains and food flying everywhere. And sometimes that can drive us mental if we're trying to do photo photos for our family, especially as moms. I think that we tend to get into a zone for pictures where we're like, okay, you guys can't screw this up. This is really important to me. Don't do these things that make you kids. And that is an expectation that is so hard 
both for them and for us, because it makes it really stressful when things go, don't go the way we want. In my sessions, I want those times to be there because it's in those moments that we want our children and ourselves to remember that love was present throughout all of it. That even if we were having a hard time, even if we get frustrated with each other, love is always there. And there's beauty in the little moments and touching hands and playing with your daughter's hair and the laughs and the joy. How would you define perfectionism? How do you see it play a role in your life? Has Brene's definition changed your perspective of it a little bit? I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic in our Facebook group called Imperfect Joy Entrepreneurs. It's a free community. Our goal is to help business owners work with the imperfections of life and business, to move forward with making decisions, creating systems, and learning the skills they need to be successful. So we have this group of people and myself who are there for you along the way, along the journey of entrepreneurship, and we would really love to hear your thoughts. So please come to the group and let us know what you think about today's podcast. If you would like to work on something more in depth on an individual basis, visit imperfectjoy.com entrepreneurs for information about how to get started with coaching. What do you want to remember most about this time in your life? Imperfect Joy preserves your most precious memories through photography and filmmaking. A story told through your perspective structures memories that reflect what you want to remember most about all of the ages and stages of life. There is beauty in the everyday moments, even with all of life's imperfections. In your session, I don't want to change anything about who you are. We let life unfold and I hone in on the details that help you remember what your family's love feels like. Visit imperfectjoy.com to learn more.